Hello, my fellow music lovers. I'm Allison Hagendorf, and welcome to the show. This is where we celebrate the universal love of music and the rock and roll spirit that lives in each of us. Thank you so much for being part of the show. I would love for you to hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or follow the show if you're listening. I'm so glad you're here. My guest today is Grammy Award-winning singer, actress, and Wayne's World icon, Tia Carrere, along with her childhood friend, musical partner, and fellow Grammy Award winner, Daniel Ho. We talk all about their new album with the legendary Uncle George Kahumoko Jr. live on tour, which is up for the Grammy for Best Regional Roots. We also go over all the highs and lows that come with dedicating your life to a craft, how music is medicine, and my favorite part, we get a special exclusive performance from Tia and Daniel as well. It is absolutely gorgeous. And stay tuned after the interview for my sound advice. New music you need to know. It all starts now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I am so glad to be joined here by both of you today. <laughs> and T and I, we met at a beautiful Hotel Wiley at Maui fundraiser. Yeah. It was a very special evening. At Gracias Madre. Yes. With all the uh, luminaries of Hawaii. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like we were like fast friends. And for me, not only we were bonding about our mutual love of this magnificent place, but your love of music. Yes. And uh, it was like, Hey, you do a podcast? We got a record live on tour coming out. Can we talk about a record? So cool. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty instant. It was a love fest. It was a love fest. And <laughs> I've been listening to your music, the two of you, and it's really special. It's so, so beautiful. And then when I realized you. your entire history together and your unique dynamic, that was impressive. That was hard. <laughs> Our dynamic. <laughs> In Hawaii, we call that Tira. Atira. <laughs> She's from Kalihi, which is a rough part of Oahu. It's and- where Dog the Bounty Hunter did most of his best work. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Noted. And how did you two originally connect? I went to the all-girls Catholic school, Sacred Hearts Academy. And, and I went to St. Louis High School, which was two blocks away. And all-boys Catholic. Yes. I, I actually wanted to go to the all-girls Catholic school. <laughs> He was there often enough. Yeah, often enough. Seven periods of PE. Okay, everyone. It's <laughs> the showers. Oh, no, 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 Understandable. No. That was Understandable. pre-me too. But it's so ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah, So, but but we met in a jazz orchestra. Um, they Daniel was doing all the, all the charts for everybody in the orchestra at age 14. So he's genius like that. And uh, they were auditioning for a singer. Yes, at the time, Linda Ronstadt had an album called Lush Life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nelson Riddle did all the arrangements. And my teacher, Ray Wessinger, was from Los Angeles and he was the assistant music director at MGM. Wow. And had a radio at NBC and he had a lot of experience in the industry and he brought back with him. He retired 
and became a band teacher at St. Louis High School. Amazing, right? Yeah, and he played in Stan Kenton's band, alto sax, but he brought back these stories of Hollywood and the music scene and said, I want to do that. And Ray Wessinger said, if you want to be a musician, you have to do everything I say. And I said, okay. Like sign <laughs> me you, up. And you were capable of it. That's another and thing. You he know? took me under his wing and he taught me how to write big band jazz arrangements in my freshman year of high school. It was very difficult for me, um, but we worked on studying Nelson Riddle's arrangements. And I did, I got a crush on you and someone to watch over me and, you know, played it with the band and we needed a, a great vocalist. And Tia was already quite renowned for her voice in high I'm school. I'm renowned. <laughs> she was. 14, she was renowned <laughs> around high school. I mean, yeah. it wasn't just in your school. I mean, this is two blocks away and we knew her. Renowned. Right. <laughs> renowned around. Next neighborhood. Yeah. 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 And so we, she came over and um, Mr. Wessinger heard her sing and was completely blown away. And she became the singer for the St. Louis High School Lancers, we were called. I was a big fan of Linda Ronstadt also. So it was perfect. It just, you know, dovetailed perfectly. I mean, I loved the arrangements. I had been practicing to those songs, so I was ready. (laughs) Who else were you listening to? Like, what had made you want to turn to music initially? Well, I had always been, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I was always singing in the back of the car. I didn't know the lyrics, but I would be singing to myself. I mean, that's that was my thing. Then my grandma took me to my first vocal lesson at age 11. And, you know, then I entered talent contests at the local mall. She didn't just enter them. She won. Oh, (laughs) you were a natural. I I still have the second place trophy right right in front of my two Grammys just to keep me humble. This is you at second place. Don't forget that. Got it. Did you have your sights set on like star search and, and, and things like that? Or you just wanted to keep it local? Ironically, I did do star search, but the only um, space they had available in 1984 when I moved here, uh, the year of the um, Olympics, was uh, the uh, acting category. Not so much with the acting category on there. It was very bizarre. I mean, how do you judge who's better, you know, Robert De Niro or Al Pacino or, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis? You just can't. I mean, not saying that they were all on the show, but (laughs) (laughs) the guy that brought me on was worried about my acting and thought he should bring me to his acting coach because I might make him look bad. So, um, yeah, what happened to him? Don't know. (laughs) And I think it all worked out for you. It worked out okay for me in the end. But I met my coach, so it was great. It was great. But yeah, so I I was in the acting category, but I wanted to be in the music. You know, that was my first love. I love that that's your first love, and that's what connected both of you. And you just stayed in touch through the years musically. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we we demoed so many songs that we wrote together too, mm-hmm. English language also. Yeah, and then around two thousand and uh, six or seven or so, we recorded an album together called Hawaiiana, mm-hmm. and it was a very simple project with just a voice and an instrument. Like I played slack key guitar or ukulele or piano. Yeah, all our favorite songs from childhood, basically, classic songs. And it was nominated for a Grammy. <sighs> so exciting. And it sort of started... Because of him? Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we did it together. And it's that long history and singing yes. songs we grew up with, like Alohoi. Mm-hmm. Yes. And from there, we recorded Ikena and um, Hinani and Huana Ke Aloha. And um, yeah, so Tia won a couple of Grammys and we're nominated for the two other ones. That's so amazing. I mean, between the two of you, you have 
numerous Grammy nominations six, and right? wins. You have six so yeah. far? Uh, well, uh, six Grammys and... 14 la- nominations? Actually, 15. Oh, <laughs> 15, yes. But, um, you know, thanks to my wife, uh, we have a very small record company. My wife, Lydia, and I do. And it's very small. Like, we closed down because we're both here at the studio right now. <laughs> I got it. Um, but we've been doing it since uh well since we've been together since That's 2003. Wonderful. I wanted to also feature Slack Key for a moment because I feel like that is a tradition that a lot of people are not aware of. Outside most people know ukulele and they know other styles, but Slack Key, I was like learning more about the story of Slack yes. Key and the genesis of Slack Key. Mm-hmm. I'd love Hello. to hear from you specifically. Yeah. Well, it's a traditional Hawaiian style of playing. And the guitars were introduced to Hawaii by the Spanish cowboys here in California. And they were invited by the king of Hawaii to teach the Hawaiians how to manage their cattle way back when, maybe the 1800s. And uh, they, when they left, they left their instruments and didn't teach them how to tune. Didn't teach them how to tune. <laughs> and that's how the individual tuning came up. Isn't that amazing? So interesting. Yeah. Because it's really just the way it's tuned and the way it's played that makes it so different, right? Yes. And we strive for something called nahe nahe, which is sweet and gentle. So very flowing feeling. And we do that by uh, using as many open strings as possible. So the tuning that I play is called the G Kilauea tuning. And it's a tuning that I made up, which is based on tarot patch tuning, which is uh, the most common slack key tuning in open G chord and standard tuning on a guitar. And I kind of put the two elements together to uh, use this tuning, which I use on all of Tia's songs. Oh, that's fascinating. I, once I yeah. started to learn more about it, I kind of went in and understood the history. It's so interesting. Almost like you want to bring Uncle George in and then show like regular traditional tuning is versus slack key tuning right. versus your, you know, all mm-hmm, the different mm-hmm, types of tuning mm-hmm. just to show on like three different guitars. It might be another exactly. show. Exactly. Yeah. I could give you a quick example yes, here. Yes, please. So, um, this is tuned in the Kilauea tuning. Let's see, I'm going to put this strap on. So. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'll turn it down here a little bit. But a standard tuning would be like E. What I did was lower the bottom three strings down a whole step to D, G, C, G, B, E. But it's so easy to play because I have a lot of open strings. So if I play a G chord, I can play. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Everything just all the sympathetic vibrations. Oh my god! Well, now that you have that on here, (laughs) what do you think? Can we get a little magic from the two of you if you're feeling up to it? What about a song from Hawaiiana? Yes. What about the most famous Hawaiian song people know all over the world, written by Queen Liliu Okalani that I got to sing in a movie, Lilo and Stitch. Uh, although that was not a very good representation. First thing in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, <laughs> no warming up. I think I was a little flat and I never got to redo it, but that's all right. It had all the emotion. Ah, 
so good it's just like it just makes you like oh, wow what a gift it makes me feel so good it was like chicken skin like thank you for sharing that with me like this wow and I also want to mention this this guitar is something that I designed with Pepe Romero wow uh, who is a wonderful world Class, classical guitar luthier. Sound amazing. It's for unbelievable. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's the size of a baritone ukulele, but it's tuned exactly like a guitar. Yeah, he's so oh akamai, God. so smart. Mm -hmm. It's a, easy to travel and it's a carry on. Wow. <laughs> to sound like that too. Yeah. I have to tell you, like, he, first of all, you're both so talented. And to <laughs> feel, physically feel what I just felt, it was like um, an ocean wave and a blanket simultaneously, mm, you nice. know? Like Isn't that, that incredible, the physical power of music? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's such a blessing. I love just the vibe, like just. Just sit in the room and just sing and play. And, you know, that's really Hawaii, too, is just sit on the back porch and play. And, right. and you know, my family get-togethers when I was a kid, everybody was expected to present a talent. You know, your gift, you share with the world, and that's what you do. Music mm. is so healing. And we started out that way, just playing together and hanging out. And, and then I went to music school, and I studied you know, symphony analyses and, you know, jazz and rock and all these different styles of music production and the technology behind it. And I think I kind of lost that uh, sincerity mm -hmm. in music. And as I got- Never. You were always, you've always been sincere. <laughs> I felt like I got a little bit technical for a bit. Right, and right, right, right. as I got older, um, then I started to realize like, you know what, music is in its simplicity and just playing a single note and making it sound beautiful and mm -hmm. letting Tia's voice be featured and support it with sound, but not check how fast I play. Look how loud I can play. Look at, you know, right. which is a lot of, um, you know, vocal calisthenics or, mm -hmm. um, or for a drummer, the best drummer is the one that plays the fastest, right. which is totally not true. It's yes. the one who can lay down feel. the pocket that makes you feel something. Mm. And for guitar, 
playing with a tone and sound that would make someone feel something mm-hmm. is um it's sort of like a maturity that you know I I kind of lost <laughs> in my young I understand years. that though. I think yeah. music is really at its highest you know aspiration it should be our soul put into sound. When you think about the nature of sound from birth to death it's like a sigh a moan, mm-hmm. a groan, a shriek. It's like all connected to our soul, you know, and if you can express that through a musical instrument, through uh, vocals, yeah. I mean, that's really what touches you. Is, Absolutely. You know, the emotion, the intention. Absolutely. I think it's so interesting that you both loved music from the start. It was a call, it was a calling for both of you. And you have always stuck with music. Straight was your is your number one love and passion. <laughs> It's a calling and a curse (laughs) because you have to sacrifice a lot, a lot of time. Of course. You're practicing, but also socially or family and things like that. He doesn't watch television. Does not have a television in his house. Does not watch TV. Really? And I'm always just creating and composing. And I'm completely uneducated. So I kind of lock myself into this path by not giving myself any options. And I think it's hard for unlike myself, an intelligent person could be an engineer. They could be a doctor. They could be a lawyer. They could be a computer programmer. I didn't really have any options. I only did one thing and I decided this is all I'm going to do. I'm never going to do anything else. And I just got to get really good at it and hopefully it'll work out. (laughs) And you required that focus and that dedication to be where you are today. I mean, you've a a plethora of Grammys under your belt. You guys are are setting out to get another one. You know, it requires that type of focus and dedication. And most people are not like Tia, who can have an entire other career, (laughs) (laughs) which, by the way, sort of happened accidentally and wasn't really planned. Uh, Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's interesting. Our paths are so different, but also to come back right. together and just went like yeah, this and yeah. back around. It's yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like the, the weirdo in the back alley with the trench coat, hey, you want a corkscrew? You don't want that? Okay, what about what about a can opener? What, you want a lighter? It's a pack of matches? I, I used act, to do that. I sing, I dance. So many like, talents, what, the, what yeah. can I sell? You, you don't want to buy this? Like, I'm not I'm not acting right now. So I'm going to be singing. I'm, I don't know. You know, it's like, but I mean, I lo- it's like the olden days, the MGM yeah. performers would sing and act and dance. And, you know, I look forward to writing a book and I'm writing a script now. And it's you know, amazing. It's well, creative, I feel creativity. like I feel like the public got to know your first musical abilities, of course, when you were in Wayne's World. You were so musical in that movie. I don't know if people realize that you sang all of your parts. You yeah. right? So mm-hmm. from a musical perspective. When I auditioned for the for Wayne's World, they asked me, Can you sing? It's not necessary. Um, we could dub you and I'm like, can I sing? <laughs> <laughs> no, and then I pulled out my my be- my best Pat Benatar. I'm like, yeah, with your best shot. Yes. You know, and perfect. That. Uh, but I had to learn how to play the bass, which was a little bit of, you know, rolling yeah. my stomach and patting my hat. I, I don't know how <laughs> you do that because it's, it's you know. It is difficult. The, the but you is rocked different. it. I mean, you created an entire movement to this day. People talk about you singing and playing bass. Like you became a role model for so many women, young girls and every and men and every gen, every gender. It's like that it's, was a it's moment. quite something considering the fact that I didn't actually play bass. I should have kept up with it. <laughs> I, I, when I met Darren Chris, he and his wife actually played ballroom blitz, I think, at their wedding reception. And oh she's a bassist. God. She's like, oh, my gosh, I love June Wayne's World. And, yeah, it's really cool to see that, 
you know, even though I was just playing in film, you know, just to have that sort of influence. So you really you did and, and continue to do. And, and that film itself, of course, you know, introducing Bohemian Rhapsody and Queen to an entire new generation. And that is so cool when any form of medium or pop culture, whether it's a film or it's TikTok, introducing iconic music to mm-hmm. a whole new generation, you know, and. I would say that Wayne's World is one of the best examples of that because it, I think that Mike Mike Myers fought to have Bohemian Rhapsody was supposed to be like Guns N' Roses or something. Yeah, um, yeah, they tried to talk him out of it, but I mean, the, it it was a whole nother resurgence for the song. Yeah, um, it's uh, hopefully somebody will put our music in a film. Oh, we, right? that's been used in films. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't we have like Carlos the Jackal and Train to Busan had our um, Aloha Oi Hawaii Five O Hawaii Five O. Right. That's right, and. And your song in um, Sarah Marshall, right? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's Music talk and about film. That. Let's Do you want right. to talk Let's about that? talk about part of it. Uh, <laughs> Let's share what you would like to share about it, because regardless of how it went down, and feel free to share or not, it is your beautiful voice and your Hawaiian translation of some of these iconic songs. I mean, how did that come about? Well, I got an email from someone asking... If they, if I knew anyone that sung in Hawaiian, totally vague. So I, I sort of half answered it. And sometimes I don't answer it. I answered, like, well, what's it for? So I can, you know, think about what vocalist would match this role. And um, I said, it's for a movie and it was signed Universal, you know, whatever. The, yes. <laughs> the, the second email had Universal in there. I said, okay, I sing. So <laughs> I, <laughs> okay, I can do it. I can yeah. do it. Yeah. Said, yeah he didn't um, call me. <laughs> You're like, I got this one. It's going to be a long ride. It all comes out. (laughs) Here we go. I'm going to put you again. So I I did, and they needed someone to translate these songs, These Boots Are Made for Walking, Everybody Hurts, and Nothing Compares to You into Hawaiian. And so Amy Ku'ule Aloha Stillman, who actually wrote all the lyrics to Tia's albums, so it's my songwriting partner, did the translations. And... I sang two of them, and my friend Faith sang um, These Boots Are Made For Walking. And they were going to choose one to be the closing credits. So they were going to put all the songs on the soundtrack and choose one to be the closing credits. And two weeks before the show, uh, the supervisor called and said, I got good news for you. (laughs) And that is... Nothing compares to you is going to be the closing credits. And that's only part of the story. Right. But... um, it became a hit because yes. people all over the place were emailing me and said, hey, you know, that's an incredible song. The Hawaiian language is so beautiful. Yes. Never heard it sung that way before. And because it was associated with such a powerful, popular, you know, world famous song. Yes. Um, they got to hear, you know, how it would be presented in Hawaiian. So it was a, a great honor to to do that. I went back and listened to your versions of all three of those songs, and they are stunning. They really are beautiful. Well, the language itself is so beautiful. And I'm sorry, but nothing compares to you as one of the greatest songs ever written. Yeah. Of course, Prince is the, one of the yeah. greatest. Who didn't song. break up to that, right? Right. <laughs> and, and you know what? Every version of that song, whether it's your version, Prince's, Sinead O'Connor's version, Sinead I mean, O'Connor. every version of that song, that's how you know a song as a songwriter. Yes. That's how when you know a song is one of the best, period, because mm-hmm. it can be interpreted countless ways mm-hmm. and every single way is perfect. Yeah. And during the pandemic, I just released an all acoustic version of 
Nothing Compares to You in Hawaiian called Aohe Like uh, on my album, Playing Through Changes. Oh. And uh, I just wanted to do like kind of a stripped down acoustic version of it. And so. Yeah, so pan- pandemic like brought a lot of creativity out of people or, or just like laid you out on the couch watching TV. Like mm-hmm. I felt like during the pandemic, I had to put out that song I did like 15 years ago, that crazy old country song. Here. Yeah, it's a country song that has been sitting around for like 15 years. One of the songwriters actually passed away at this point, oh. um, you know, and it felt like I'm still here. It was a song that I just had to put out oh. just to celebrate still being here, you know. I love that song and that video. It's oh, really beautiful. And it's it's like didn't put it out through traditional channels. I just wanted everybody to be able to access it for free and just feel like, yeah, we're still here. So of course. Mm-hmm. Still standing after this horrible thing that happened to the world. Yes. That is such an empowering song. You have such a, a wide range. I mean, you can sing kind of anything, you know, you really can. I mean, we were hanging out here. You just like start singing whatever it is. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, you can sing that too. I mean, jazz show coming up yeah. next week. I mean, I'm a vocalist. I love mm-hmm. playing and that's the sandbox, all kinds of music. But I mean, the open vowels of Hawaiian language are particularly resonant, I think. It just, that's why you really feel the vibration in the room singing, you know, aloha oi. Yes. And, you know, the yeah. air, the air and the mm-hmm. vibration is really stunning in the Hawaiian language. Uncle George, I mean, he is, what is he called? Like the Renaissance man of Hawaii? Mm-hmm. He's, he's, a, he's an amazing human being. When he talks, he talks about everything so knowledgeably, especially farming, mm-hmm. because he knows so much about the land and fishing and diving. And, you know, he'd, he'd walk you through his farm. He has a small two-acre farm on Maui. And he'd just go down the line and mention each tree. And that's good for this. And this is good for that's medicine for that. And, you know, the Koreans use this to make that. <laughs> And he'll make a bucket of kimchi and duck salted duck eggs. And he'll put the taro above and have the ducks weed the taro patch and have the water go down to the Aww. fish pond. Like everything works even with the slope of the hillside. And you think this guy's just making it up because nobody can know all of this. But he really does. And he teaches other people. He has, you know, people come over and you peel your own taro <sighs> and you eat it. You pull your own vegetables and you have a salad before lunch. And so it's kind of an exchange. Uh, and he's teaching. He has those clinics too, music yeah. and farming. And like yeah. people will come and clear the land and he teaches them th- about the land. Yeah. That's so amazing. he um, taught me Hawaiian music since 1997. He was doing a California tour and um, one of the main slack key masters couldn't make it. And uh, sight unseen and song unheard. A friend recommended me and Uncle George said, ah, yeah, okay, bring him along. He can take his place. Never heard me play before. That's that's amazing. Yeah, On on stage with him, right? And he's a professional, but that's how open he is. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of our relationship. We've recorded 14 or 15 albums since then. And four of them, you know, were those Slack Key Grammy albums and... He's, he's an amazing person. His generosity of spirit. Yes. And he shares his time. I mean, like when we went to the MAC, we performed at the Maui Arts and Cultural Center. And um, he's like, hey, I, I teach at the school. He's teaching college kids about music and history. And just 
He mentors a lot. He really does. He mentors like generations. That's unbelievable. Yeah, he's a beautiful person, very humble. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to you to have the three of you involved in this beautiful, you know, body of work? Well, what I think is really cool is that Uncle George is a traditional slack key master. He was on the Dancing Cat label, but he's been playing since he was a kid. And so he brings that real traditional sound. And my approach to music is quite different because I studied film film composition and arranging and classical and jazz, whatever. So I have a lot of different kinds of elements like jazz or classical elements and counterpoint and things like that that in the music that Tia and I do. And Tia brings just a beautiful sound to our music, you know, and her voice has that just that the air, the air and the melodic. Different that, approach, yeah. That you would than you would normally hear in Hawaiian music. And, you know. So you would think like these three people are also different, you know, because no. our, our musical styles are so different. But um, even though we look alike, <laughs> <laughs> but I, mean, I think it makes for a really beautifully rounded show. Yeah. You know, we cover a lot of bases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, talk to me about the live show. When we go on tour, it's first of all, it's effortless. We mm-hmm. just love hanging out. You know schlepping through the, you know, the airport and we just have a good time, just good vibes. And then we get up on stage and, you know, uncle tells stories Aww. and, you know, mm-hmm. we get up and we all play together and then he plays on his own and then Daniel plays on his own and then invites me up. And it's just this great, like, melange, this stew. It's just like so filling and so fun and awesome. <sighs> it's just, it's great. It's a part of Hawaii. You know, that's kind of a... In a performance setting, like mm-hmm. a concert hall or whatever. But, you know, it's the back porch style of playing music, getting together and just sharing. So it's, it's very comfortable. And I think this album we just did live on tour uh, captures that, you know, those decades of playing together mm-hmm. for Tia and I and Uncle George, too. You know, we've been playing together a long time. Yeah, so we recorded <sighs> on this last tour that we did just because it was so, you know, the vibes were awesome and it sounded great and it was so... Well matched, even though very disparate ways of approaching, you know, stuff than you've heard before. And then, you know, when we recorded, it was like, holy cow, this is. Yeah, we didn't know what we had. We just wanted to make a demo, you know, just to have like, yeah, you know, we were sounding pretty good. It was towards the end of the tour, Uh and we were somewhere, and um, we should film it before we're done with this tour. Of course. Tia went to Target and bought a hard drive and like what kind of hard drive? And then we found yeah. someone, you know, the afternoon of to videotape it, and this venue uh, multi-track recorded it. And I we didn't know what we had until I got home and looked at it and heard it, and I was like, wow, this Aww. is this is something. Let's just make an album with it. And, the, and there's no hiding on it. That's what I love yeah. about it. It's like, you know, so many people can do the bells and the whistles and auto-tune mm-hmm. and everything, mm-hmm. but this is what we sound like in the room, and that's exciting yeah. to sound like yes. that. And record quality mm-hmm. chorus just how the authenticity of it mm-hmm. exactly i mean the 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 impromptu couple minutes i had just here i mean that was unbelievable so i can't even imagine what the whole thing with uncle george and the three the spe- you're like a triumvirate the three of you <laughs> you're like oh my <laughs> trifecta We're like a- triad yes <laughs> it's just it's it's really yeah. a gift i mean both of you are so accomplished at this point um musically and and beyond you know multiple grammys hoping to get another grammy for your repertoire do you feel do you feel successful are you where you always hoped you would be musically 
Oh gosh. I mean, I think I don't think you ever are. I mean, I'm never I'm still climbing, I'm still striving. There's still more to do. Um, you know, I don't know how you feel. I I feel like I have so much to learn, especially mm-hmm. when I go on social media. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. She's three years old and yeah. she plays better than I do. <laughs> and he's only five. You know, it's just amazing to to see what human beings are capable of. Mm-hmm. And um, I should stay off that stuff because it really messes with my It's head. true. It's true, though. You have to navigate it you well. Know? Yeah, there I, are great things about it, like young people or any age person seeing someone playing an instrument and like, I want to do that. That's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Or you can learn and self-teach and all those things are great. But then when you start comparing yourself yeah. to other people, mm-hmm. that's Dangerous. when the darkness comes yeah. for all of us. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, nobody puts their bad days. Nobody puts their right. suck days on social yeah. media. They're putting their peak experiences. Right. Like every yeah. single day is like that. You know, but, of course. Tia, it's PR. E- yeah. Even if I put my best day on a piano, it wouldn't be as good as that three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm talking about. That's like, they're not faking that. They're yeah. just like, you know, iPhone and playing this concerto at home. Like, oh, geez. Like, I'll never in my lifetime. And I work at it. It's not like I don't work at it, but some people are talented. I think you're doing you just know. fine. I was going to say, I think you're, you're doing, doing just fine. Just yeah. fine. Yeah. Exactly. Just calm down there, mister. <laughs> I play everything and do all the charts for everything. Jack of all trades, master of none, right? That's how. And you are a mother of now an 18-year-old. <gasps> yeah, That's a huge my... milestone. Yeah, 18 years old. Wait, that makes me how old? No! <laughs> Wait a minute. I was never very good at math. <laughs> So I'm just not going to try. <laughs> oh, I mean, how does that feel? That's a big milestone. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for the college years. Like, okay. Yeah. And you yes. have a little one. I do. I have two. I have two little baby boys. Oh, one two. and three. Yeah, wow. Daniel. Daniel started young. I have a little one. She's less than five feet tall. Uh, <laughs> you're not going to tell us how old she is She's yet. 27. Yeah. Oh, he's got my goodness. Grown up woman. But she's Hi, still Leah. a little one. She and he's got like a song 12. called Leah. Oh, I do, yeah. that's so sweet. Yeah. What role has parenthood sort of played in your journey? <sighs> it's a huge distraction. <laughs> <laughs> true, it's true. It's true. I, I gotta keep it real. I can't go on tour for a year, for instance. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, but she's 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 pretty. Uh, once she starts driving, yeah, she doesn't drive yet. I don't know this whole generation of kids that doesn't drive. I don't understand. Well, my daughter but, doesn't drive. Well, she lives in San Francisco, so she's <laughs> yeah, got like you know, autonomous vehicle. She's like go into your phone and it comes and it drives yeah, and it's, it's terrifying. True. Going back to what we were talking about earlier in this conversation about the curse of music mm-hmm. or having this kind of passion, I am not a good son and I'm not a good father. Be- because I could have been there more for my dad when he wasn't well. He had a stroke many years ago. Um, and, you know, to be a parent, you have to dedicate your life to nurturing this child, not just education, but values as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, musicians can be a little obsessed and selfish, not at times, like almost all the time, because even if you're with the person, you're thinking about what if I went that way with the melody and I changed the chord to this, like you're right. at the playground right. and that's in your head, right? Or maybe you think about your next show or the next, you know, project you want to work on. Right. Right. And yeah. So honestly, it's, it is a huge distraction. And 
it is in a way kind of not not I shouldn't use the word curse because I it's the great tragedy life. of like you want to be there for your kid 110% but you also want to be there for your creativity and of that course. obsession 110% and yes. and it's and and you can't do both and you can't do both well it's 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 really hard but raising your children well is far more important mm-hmm. i think ah and your children can often become a muse for your for your art and for your creative like your songwriting oh yes. i don't know my daughter's like i don't want to be here <laughs> <laughs> Hey, honey, will you come in? No. <laughs> They're not fans of your work or they... they well, it, it, it's Mom conflicting. daughter could care less. Well, it's conflicting because yeah. it's taking you away. It takes I me away. It takes you yeah. away. I Even going that. to a premiere, a movie premiere, I'm excited, you know. But then people are coming up to me and talk to me and, you know, I don't get right. to be there in that moment with her. So I understand. Yeah. We're just keeping it real. No, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Absolutely. But don't you, tell anyone. No. <laughs> yeah. That's well, why I love seeing Pink on, you know, tour with her yeah. kid. And that's amazing. That is amazing. Um, but for me, as I just, I worried for, you know, just because of the, you know, the flash and the sparkle of, you know, public life. Are people paying attention to them or doting on them because the parent is famous or whatever? Mm-hmm. And, and then it kind of warps their view of the world too. So I kind of, you know, wanted her to be up in the mountains and Topanga to be more, you know, down and more normal and not have to worry about, oh, do these pants make my butt look fat at age eight? Right, you know what I mean? Right. I don't want to have that sort of um, self-awareness so young. And I think I think um, turned out to be a pretty solid kid. Um but it is, it's hard. It's hard. That's the balancing act of, of, of course, you know, being a creative person and, you know, making a living at it and having a family and, mm-hmm. you know, it takes a toll on both sides. Of course. Everybody pays. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. And going back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, for as hard as I've tried and as many years as I, that I've put into this, I'm still not as good as that three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> It's a different time. It's a different time. <laughs> it's true. I'm not kidding, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's so let's do deep cuts. Oh boy. Okay. Deep cuts. The first cut is the deepest. That's right. That's right. We love I'm all Cheryl. open. I'm all vulnerable. Yeah. Now. Name a song, album, or artist that changed your life. Well, for me, I mean, we were talking about it already. Linda Ronstadt mm-hmm. and Blue Bayou. That was my go-to karaoke song. I sang it in hotel bars when I went to go visit my family in Samoa, you know, Blue Bayou, you know, singing about this longing for this island life. So it's always resonated with me. I love that. I would say for me as a kid, She's Always a Woman by Billy Joel. Uh, It has classical Bach-like chord progressions in there, the lyrics, the contrast, the... um, melodic sense the key changes i and the way billy joel sang and played it i think that's like one of the best songs ever Mm. written those are two perfect answers wow (laughs) really i love that is she still your go-to karaoke uh yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i love that song it makes me feel like that moment of singing aloha oi it gives me that feeling in you know my heart when i sing the song just almost makes you want to cry you know that yes what was the first concert that impacted you 
Oh, gosh. I went, I came with my grandma to LA. I think I was like 12 years old, and we went to the forum and saw Van Halen. Oh, it's amazing. Sat in the very last row of the forum. I thought I was going to fall down and like die because I was like, you know, it's really, really high, and the rake was crazy. And saw Van Halen and David Lee Roth flying around that stage. I was like, wow. That's amazing. That was bananas. That's awesome. Mine would be the Commodores <gasps> at the Blaisdell. Oh, and they had the sparkly outfit. <sighs> and, you know, three, Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie, oh, three times beautiful. a lady, oh, still my easy. I just saw you him know? singing recently at, uh, at Bianca's school. He sang the, the, the fundraiser. Wow. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't okay, tell you. Thank you. I was, in, I, was in the, I was in the front, like in the front of the, I was like holding his hand as he's singing. You, oh no my way. god! Yes. That's incredible. Yes. That guy is a oh songwriter. His voice is still stunning. He's also gorgeous. Flawless. He's ageless. Yeah, yeah. he's like, impeccable. Yeah, his Three voice times is a lady. Yeah. Mm. or easy like Sunday morning, mm-hmm. or sail on. Oh man! Oh my god! All night long. All night, all night long. long. Yeah. Stuck on song you, like after a, song. I could listen to him Truly all night long. Yes. Endless love. I mean, yes. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that would be my karaoke go-to for um, duet, Endless Love. Oh, that's a good one. You guys should do that. Yeah. You guys should do it together. That's, maybe Lionel will ask you to do it with him. Yeah, you should <gasps> You and Lionel, you should have suggested it. Okay, you know what? You didn't get his number. Putting it out right there, here. Lionel. <laughs> Putting it out there. I want to do the Diana Ross part, but he could, he could have Diana Ross sing with him, so why would he have me <laughs> try and approximate the Diana Ross part? Maybe right. after your that's Grammy. A, <laughs> yes, right. maybe, maybe with... Three times a Grammy. That's right. Come sing with me. Amazing. What's your favorite movie? Wayne's World. What's yours? Uh, that's not true. Big fat liar. I mean, Wayne's World is pretty. Epic. Yeah. I don't. I. I love um, uh, 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 Blade Runner. Oh, my yeah. two favorites are Blade Runner and Thelma and Louise. Oh, great. And it's so interesting that they're both directed by Ridley Scott, completely different films. And independently, I love the movies. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize they were both directed by yeah. him. Yeah. Crazy. Those are great picks. Love Blade Runner. Mine is kind of corny, but. That's surprising. <laughs> Considering how suave and debonair you are. And you don't tell corny jokes at all. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the nature of our relationship. Yes, totally. <laughs> Forrest Gump. Oh, I love that. That's, 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 that's a great movie. I just love that's an amazing, amazing. Movie. What was his girlfriend's name? Um, uh, right? Jenny? Robin Wright. Robin Jenny. Jenny. Yeah. Jenny. Yeah. Oh, it's just so touching. Like so I practically, good. I think I cried in that part. Oh, definitely, hundred oh, percent. Yeah. But the way it addressed current issues and news mm-hmm. and things that we all know about and put it all together in one movie I thought was brilliant. Yeah, it really was. And talk about a soundtrack. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. That was another way to introduce music to a whole new generation. That, that music was iconic. Yes. So but he good. was like innocent. His innocence and open-heartedness, yeah. I think, really spoke to a lot of people, you know? Bob yeah. Fruit Company. <laughs> you guys might win for the best answers, by the way. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Favorite meal or cuisine? Spam musubi, man. <laughs> We don't sing about it just for some BS. It's because I'm obsessed with spam. All kinds of ways of eating spam. Spam it too Spam on a stick. Teriyaki spam. Spam on rice. Spam with seaweed. 
ชมพูรูวิสเปลแคร์มาลาสเปล Perfect There we go Spam ice cream Ooh. No 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 We'll stop it at spam ice cream Actually Maybe that Spam ice cream So innovative I just made that up I have no idea I'm gonna try that Deep fried spam What is your most prized possession? If I possess them, my child. <laughs> I don't know. Possession meaning like an item, not a person, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. I can't possess a person. All right. Fine. Now I'm confused. It's whatever you want. My most prized possession is my child. Ah, my greatest achievement. Hmm. That's a good question. I would say, you know, if there is an a zombie apocalypse. Yes. The one thing you would take with you, yeah, I'd yeah. probably be an ukulele. Yeah, yes. because the tiny tenor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tiny tenor is an instrument in ukulele that I designed with Pepe Romero, and I've been making music with it for a dozen years, and it's a part of you know, it's unique to my sound and who oh. I am. Okay, my voice then, the okay. air, the carry that I carry in my lungs. These are great questions. I Keep them coming. Okay, okay, Keep okay. them coming. <laughs> what is something your fans would be surprised to learn about you? I'll go first. <laughs> I didn't get by on my looks. Oh, <laughs> again, punch! He's so he silly. He's so <laughs> silly. He's like the self, the self-defecating humor. <laughs> and I know exactly what I just said. I did not make a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> This is why we like to just sit around, yeah. just laugh all day. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's why going on tour is fun. Um, gosh, uh, they would be surprised by my, uh, I don't know, incredibly low self esteem. You know, it's just the way it is. It's that you put yourself out there, just like I'm going to be seen, I'm going to achieve. But then there's something that foundationally that you lacked as a child. You know, I think mm-hmm. that there's something to that as a as a performer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you come to Hollywood, you, all the beautiful girls that come to Hollywood at 16, 17 mm-hmm. years old, they didn't come here because they came from good families. They didn't come here because they came from solid backgrounds. Those are debutante balls. They're, you know, mm-hmm. in their home, they're going into, you know, uh, sororities or whatever, you know, they're going to college. The girls that come to town from Charlize Theron on down, they're survivors. Right. They are fighting for their lives. You know, they're here because. They have to be because they, you know, whatever. So Tia has inspired me in so many ways, but I think what I learned from her is just courage and strength and fortitude. And uh-huh. I'm the kind of person because I'm not an alpha. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, you undercover that up, you're undercover. You're undercover. Very <laughs> aggressive. I'm offended all the time. Yeah, but you know, I I cannot put myself out there. And I cannot deal with the rejection. I'm the guy who went to the high school dance and stood with my back against the wall. I never had the courage to ask someone to dance because I'm afraid of rejection. I work for myself because I cannot put myself out there and leave it to someone else to be judging to you. decide whether or not I'm going to work or not. So I don't do that. I don't, and I structure, not structure, curate my life to be so. Because I personally can't take it, but Tia is so powerful. She will go and do and be out there and try, and her success is a result of, in along with her talent, 
but that drive and a driving fear of lack and fear. homelessness. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, it's, I'm making a it's joke. like she does it. And then now, as of like last year, when we talked about Satya, I got to start trying because I'm 55 now. And it's like, I better, I better go for it. It's time. <laughs> <laughs> every but time you put a record up, inspiration. For, every time you put a record up for Grammy, you're, I mean, you're putting yourself in harm's way and like, you know, slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. It's sort of like, you just have to do it. I mean, for me, it's like, there's no plan B. This is mm -hmm. it. I'm all in me at too. the table. There's nothing else I'm qualified to do, you know? Mm -hmm. But I hang That's out it. at home and I'm not interacting with people and I'm just making things. And I'm not, I'm selling it directly to the audience. Yeah, go to downyourhole.com and you find the records and books and whatever. Right. I'm not leaving my future up to one person. I hear that. But see, when you hear Daniel speak about you like that and you say, oh, I'm actually more insecure than people realize. So does that mean your drive is based on survival? You just don't think? It's like a, a primal? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, definitely. I've always been in survival mode. Um, I think I'm a little more relaxed than I used to be. And I, I take the time out to to do things that my heart wants to do, you know, and mm -hmm. have fun in a way that I didn't allow myself before. Uh, and having a child made a huge difference in that you have to unplug and you have to just be but it's 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 been a fitful you know journey to get to that place. Um, I think I spent too much time alone as a teen, and I was like, I will never be left alone again. I will never be invisible. I will never be yeah you know, mm -hmm. that uh, you know depressed teen in my in my bedroom, <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's what's driven me. This has gotten very self revelatory. <laughs> rock and roll and music. I do have that tendency. Yeah. It's a little, yeah. bit, a little yeah. bit of both. It's a little bit of I both. Know. It's like, well, it's, it's music as medicine, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the recurring yeah, theme. Yeah, it is. Yeah, music it is. is my medicine. You know? Yeah, exactly. Creating is my medicine. Oh. Isn't it for you? Like, it's just like... It is. I, I can just put an instrument on and feel the vibration against my body. And if I was sad, I'd be happy right away. Mm -hmm. it, it does make you feel that way. Um. It, I I can't imagine life without it. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a blankie. It's your And it's different from yeah. listening guitar. to it. Making music is a little different from listening to it because mm -hmm. you're actually creating those vibrations. Absolutely. What are words you live by? So I grew up Catholic, just a little background. Catholic grade school, St. Patrick's, and Catholic high school, St. Louis. And I went to Catholic church, you know, until in my mid-20s. But I realized something so simple. Um, and these are words that I live by. Do good things and good things will come. Mm. Yes. And I feel like it doesn't matter what religion, what, what it, if everyone just did that, we wouldn't need all the rules and regulations and books mm -hmm. and beliefs and faiths and whatever, because while they can be good, they can also be a way of manipulating the masses, mm -hmm. which they have been used for mm -hmm. and are being used for. And we wouldn't have that problem mm -hmm. because just do good things. If everybody on earth just did that, we wouldn't have wars. You know? It's true. But then, you know, no one's going to be taking collections. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> like, I mean, like, so, do unto yeah. others as you would have them do yes. unto you. The golden rule. That's yes. it. That's, you know. Yes, yes, you're absolutely that's, right. That's what I believe in. I guess you could call it karma mm -hmm. if you want to use that word, but I found it to be true. Yeah, that's mine. Do, un yourself, do so, unto yeah. others as you would have them do unto you. Of course. Always treat each other with respect and kindness and, you know, simple. Keep it yes. simple. 
Well, thank you both. I am thank so glad you. I got to spend this time with you. Thank wow. You. What a gift it was just to hear you speak about your journeys and to share your music with me right here. I mean, that was amazing. I will cherish mm. that. That was really special. Thank you. And thank best you, of luck. I'm excited. I hope you, you add a couple more Grammys uh, Live your on belt. tour. Best regional roots, please. Yes. <laughs> yes. And what's up, Uncle George? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I just love this one so much. Wishing Tia and Daniel the best of luck, and I am so grateful they performed on the show as well. That was truly special. I'm just still on a high from that. It is now time for my sound advice, new music you need to know on the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist. Kicking it off this week with a song by New York band Oxymorons. This song is the perfect sonic representation of their unique blend of rock and hip hop and is personal for me as well because it's about the tragic passing of our mutual friend, Nedek, who was actually my very first boyfriend back in elementary school. This song is for him, a founding member of the band Game Rebellion, an integral part of the Afropunk movement, a unifying force, a light, a dear friend. We love you, Netic. Check out Oxymorons Look Alive, Netic. Next up is the latest from Essex band Bad Nerves. I am telling you, this band is on the ascent. They just toured with Royal Blood, and they'll be touring with The Darkness on their sold-out UK tour later this year. Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day and Stone Gossard of Pearl Jam are fans as well, so I'm in good company here. Check out the latest from Bad Nerves, USA. Also this week is a new song from L.A. alt-rocker Indio Downey. Indio said this is a love song about previous addiction. It's an emotional roller coaster that spans from fond memories to sadness and rage. I am hearing so much grunge goodness and Nirvana influences on this, so you know I am loving it. Listen to the latest from Indio Downey, Plastic Rainbow. That's my sound advice this week. Search for the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist wherever you listen to music. Thank you so much, as always, for being part of the Allison Hagendorf Show. New episodes drop every Friday, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can also watch the show on YouTube. I would love to hear from you, so please like, comment, rate, review, whatever you're feeling, and reach out to me on socials at Allie Hagendorf. I would love to connect with you. Let me know who I should interview next and what new music I should feature on my sound advice. Thanks again. I'll see you next week. And remember, you're a rock star. Bye.